And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. It's my privilege to be joining you today. Today's show is going to have some important information, especially if you're a passive investor or a potential passive investor in multifamily properties. You're going to want to hear what we discuss today. You'll get this information only at Lifestyles Unlimited. If you miss any part of this show, obviously you can pick us up at the website, lifestylesunlimited.com. Just click on the podcast button, you'll find it there, or your favorite podcast app on your smartphone. What I wanna go into is the good, bad, and ugly of multifamily investing in today's market conditions as these fluctuate and it changes the positions of our properties. Actually, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do the ugly, we're gonna do the more ugly, we're gonna, we're going to go into really, really ugly, but then we're going to finish with the good and the optimistic. As informed real estate investors, we make money in all market cycles. It's important for you to understand that. So the outline of today's show, we're going to get into some major concerns, some advice for investors, management of your existing portfolio, and more importantly, expectations of real estate investors coming forward and then that discussion for new investors at the end but like i said we make different returns in some markets versus other markets what do i mean well if you take a single family property we're using utilizing essentially five different investment growth vehicles right equity capture monthly cash flow from the rents the mortgage pay down tax advantages, natural appreciation. And in multifamily properties, we have a sixth forced, forced appreciation. And not all of these, I guess, perform the same all the time. They fluctuate. So let me give you a quick example how the markets can affect one of these wealth appreciation vehicles. Um, let's just take appreciation of real estate properties, right? In 2021, we had massive appreciation. I had one single family home that went up 23% in value in one year. We're not having that so much right now. So these five to six factors will fluctuate on the returns. You need to understand that. I'll give you a second example, 2008 to 2010, contrary to conventional wisdom, rental demand spiked, right? People were losing their houses, but they still had a place to live. They didn't just go get a tent. No, they went and rented a property right? The same thing during COVID. We had rent appreciation, right? The rents went up during COVID. And, and these, are, these are some of those little factors that I'm talking about. But the bottom line, through all of this, I want you to be patient. I want you to understand, and I'll use one of those army analogies that I use all the time. Landmines don't stop armies. They stop individuals. Armies utilize intelligence. They clear the minefields, or better yet, they, had, they just avoid the minefields, right? They use their intelligence, they avoid them, and they continue the advance. I want you to do that as a real estate investor, and I want you to understand we just came out of the roaring teens, right? 2012 to 2021 was roaring. Now, to explain today's market conditions, I invited on the show today 
friend of mine and one of the smartest people I know as far as real estate investing goes so that he could provide some insight for you going forward. Robert Tenning, lead investor, decades of real estate asset management ownership experience, past president of Dallas-Fort Worth Apartment Associations. And Robert, weren't you the president of the Texas Apartment Association or just on the board? Uh, yeah, just on the executive committee of TAA. Hey, that's good enough. I mean, the, the experience goes a long way and, and I, I know that you've probably forgotten much more than, than I'll ever know, but I just want to say thanks for coming on the show and, and sharing your perspective today. Yeah, glad to be here. Robert, if you would, quickly, just a little bit of background about yourself, and then we'll unpeel some of the questions I have. Yeah, I mean, I started back, and I hate to date myself, but back out of college and I want to say like 86 into the property management industry, um, which was right after tax deform, or some call it tax reform crashed the market the worst I've ever seen, much worse than today. So that was my introduction into this business. And, you know, we, we couldn't buy um, self-sticky notes. We had to cut up paper. And, I mean, you couldn't buy paper clips. I mean, it was like you were scrapping for pennies. So wow. that was my introduction into the industry. And I had an owner who had just finished the development, and everybody around him was offering two months free on a six-month lease. Think about oh, that. Oh, my. So, and he said, I will have to turn the keys over tomorrow if I were to do that. You can do two weeks free on a year lease. And we literally sat around a boardroom for half a day going, bemoaning our faith that we we're going to all just be fired because there's no way this made no sense. <laughs> and we got giddy silly and like just started throwing out stupid ideas. But what we finally came to is that we needed to emphasize our customer service. And we needed to focus on our customer service to retain our existing residents. And when people came in and said, well, gosh, but next door they're offering this, our leasing agents would go, I wonder why they're having to do that, to plant the seed of maybe there's a reason. Yeah. So it was a brutal four to five months, but then those people, the good people that had moved to the other properties, started coming back to our place. Because people want a quiet, well-managed, nice place to live. But you've got to maintain your standards and be able to weather out the storm. So that was my introduction into it, and it's kind of served me well when we get into these you know, challenging times that we're in, in right now. So, Robert, I had the privilege of reading some of uh, your wisdom that you were speaking on today's market, and you'd mentioned uh, a few of these headwinds that we're running into. In your first one, uh, you mentioned it, it was the ugly side, ugly side number one, that there's multifamily properties out there that are struggling with reserves or they're needing refinancing. If you can maybe highlight on some of that and what that's going to mean for these properties, that'd be great. You know, a lot of deals in the last two, three years were done on bridge loans because those were the, the type of loans that made the deal be able to close. The challenge with the bridge loan, it's much like a construction loan. It's a short-term loan. A lot of them are adjustable rate loans. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't think anybody could have foreseen these record interest rate increases that the Fed did at, at such a um, short timeline. So even people that took out bridge loans thought, well, I've got two years, three yeah. years to execute my plan, and I can refi out of these deals. Well, suddenly, interest rates are 7% or higher, um, and you just can't make sense of the numbers to refi right now. So, you know, hopefully you've got enough reserves, especially if you're having to buy a rate cap to keep from paying that 7 to 7% or higher interest rate. You've got a rate cap keeping your interest rate lower, but that rate cap costs a ton of money. Um, and hopefully you have enough reserves to weather through this. You know, early on in this, brokers and finance people were saying, stay alive until 25. And at the time, I thought, 
good gosh, 25. I'm, so I've been thinking 24. Long way away. Yeah. yeah. But now 25 isn't so far away, and I kind of think, you know, maybe they know what they're talking about. But So you've got to have enough reserves to weather out this storm. Um, that may mean you have to have a property may have to have, to have a cash call uh, just to weather the storm. Yeah. So these are some tough times in those senses. And the other problem with the increases in interest rates is that that has had a effect on the valuations of the property. So it's kind of a double whammy. You go to refi and it's like, it's not worth, even though you're in Elias ground, it's not worth what you were thinking was going to be worth. Um, so it's a challenging market at the, at the moment. Absolutely. And you had mentioned interest rates. And just to give the listener some perspective, the Fed raised interest rates at the highest rate in the shortest amount of time in the history of essentially interest rate control in this country. So if you're a smart investor, you're you're thinking, well, we'll look at historical, basically historical data, and we'll say, yeah, I believe interest rates will go up, but they're not going to go up as fast as, as they did, and, and they went up faster than they've ever gone before. So no one could have essentially foreseen that. And because of that, you've got um, the interest only made the deal essentially work. Folks were entering in at a sub three, thinking that they'll come out at a, a three or a four, and, and that's just not the case. So these properties are, are going to turn over. Now, Robert, you had mentioned something else, that there are some banks right now that, that aren't even lending at all, regardless of the condition. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I've read in the Wall Street Journal and a couple other places that some of these uh, regional banks are <clears throat> shutting down their lending on multifamily right now because they're scared. You know, they're not, they, they want to see how much lower valuations are going to go. I mean, valuations have gone down, I think it's 15 or 16% nationally just over the last year because of these interest rates increases. And some reports say it could go down another 20 or 25% in value. So additional, yeah, you've got lenders that aren't loaning. You've got, um, I also read another article where lenders are trying to discreetly sell some of these loans off of their books, but they are trying to be very discreet because they don't want there to become a fire sale that could further damage their remaining loans on their books. So, you know, we'll get into buying opportunities here in a little bit, but, I mean, there's opportunity there, but it's also a scary time when values just keep going down at the moment. Right, and you'd you'd hope that this property could refinance into some sort of structure with stable long-term, essentially, money, right, leverage on it, but it'd still be able to cash flow at that, and, and a few have been able to do it. I've, I've seen it, um, not all of them, and, and a lot of them are, are being forced to sell. Um, but yeah, that's kind of clever. The, the banks want to, I guess, reduce their overall holding of these properties, but at the same time, they can't just shout from the treetops, hey, we want to we want to sell or, or move some of these properties, because that, right, a, uh, I guess everybody kind of runs the same direction when things like this start happening, and, and there's going to be some over correction for sure. Robert, you had talked about the the ugly number two, and and we touched on it a little bit, was uh, the decreased value. But you'd also mentioned, let's say you have an operator in there, and they purchased this property two years ago. They fixed everything. They made the units nicer. They put in the new appliances, the new flooring. Uh, They fixed the residents, right? Some of them have to be fixed, so you get better residents in there, and they're making a better return. They've been able to raise rents, but you're saying that values... Still, even with an increased NOI, the values aren't coming coming up. Can you explain some more on that? 
a lot of it has just to do with the lending environment. Um, you know, taxes have gone through the roof. I mean, I'm fighting one right now that they're saying, gosh, you, you need to thank us because it's only going to go up 7%. And I said, that's interesting since valuations have gone down 15 to 20% in that market. I'm not quite sure how you're making the taxes go up and saying the value is even higher. So taxes have gone through the roof, at least in Texas. Um, insurance has gone up. So your costs have gone up quite a bit. Um, and you're getting to a point, especially with the workforce housing, kind of that B and C product, where incomes, wages haven't gone up as quickly as rents did in the last couple of years. So you've got a lot of people who just can't afford these rent increases. Um, so a, you know, a smart operator would say, one strategy would be to let's hold on to the residents we have, give them a little bit of an increase versus um, turn, increasing our turnover, having vacancy loss, having turnover costs. Let's just try to slow everything down right now while we're still increasing our income just at a slower pace. I agree. I expect these appraisal districts are going to have to get in line. If they're just tacking on, adding on, and, and trying to raise the values of these properties, and some of these properties break, then it's not good for the city, right? You've got a bank-owned property that's essentially uh, not being paid attention to, and the residents aren't being paid attention to. It's going to be a hub for crime. The value is really going to depreciate then. And so it doesn't help the city in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't help the residents, and it darn sure doesn't help the owner and or any investor that's in there. So I think there's, I would hope, right? And, and call me crazy, I guess I'm expecting some intelligence from a city bureaucrat. That may be the wrong, <laughs> that may be the wrong thought, but We'll come back and and finish this up on the other side. I've got Robert Tenning. We're talking market conditions for a real estate investor. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Lifestyles Unlimited success stories. If you got laid off tomorrow... What would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing in the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers and he got downsized from his corporate job. This house was a dog and through the rehab, I think we turned it into a little pony. You bought the house for $73,000, and your appraised value actually is $144,000. You put in forty five dollars worth of work, so that leaves you a net equity of 11000 with a return on capital gain of 70%. The cash flow is $458 a month for a cash-on-cash return rate of 35%. Join us this month and learn from people just like you. Check in-person and online dates at lucasestudy.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Harrison. If you have any questions or comments for me, I'm here to help. Please send me an email. I'll respond personally to each and every email I get. My email address is askmike at luinc.com. Askmike at luinc.com. LU stands for Lifestyles Unlimited. But I'm here to help. If you'd like to learn how to get started, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now, if you want to see how we make money five ways on a single-family property, six ways on a multifamily property, as I mentioned in the first segment, I invite you to our free workshop. That's free workshop live stream 
com free workshop live com one word you can pick a session that's convenient to you and sit in with your significant other best friend spouse neighbor come check us out and and see if real estate investing is a path that you'd like to engage upon i've got my friend robert tinning on the show and we're highlighting some information about essentially the market conditions today so robert we were discussing earlier uh, before the break that Let's say we have a great operator on a multifamily property. We've got several investors on the property. Let's say maybe they purchased this property three years ago. It's stabilized. They fixed everything. Rates are up. They've got the right residence. Everything's flowing well. And you said the value of the property is down. Um, what would that mean for an existing investor? How would that affect them uh, as a part owner of this property? Well, I mean, every deal is unique, right? And if it's got a, you know, fixed rate loan on it, they didn't do a bridge loan, it's cash flowing well. Uh, so the investors hopefully are still in that scenario getting distributions. So they're still right. seeing that. Yeah. Um, personally, I think this is a temporary dip in values. Um, there was such a steep run up so quickly that it may take a little bit of time to get back to those levels. But um, there's a lot of what I call vulture capital sitting on the sidelines, and I'm talking tens if not hundreds of billions of dollars in these big groups that are just waiting to pounce when deals start going south. Well, when that starts happening and they get off of the sidelines, I think there's going to start being bidding wars again, um, rationing, racketing prices back up. And then that's going to all be tied into when rates start even even just staying flat or even better, start going back down. Um, Those guys are going to get off of the sidelines. And I think you're going to see valuations go back up. So, in the scenario you just gave, you got a good operator maintaining or increasing NOI's fixed rate loan. Um, you're getting distributions. I think 95% of investors right now in real estate would say, I wish I was in that deal. Yeah. So uh, essentially, we just write it out. You're saying this would be a, a temporary, temporary decrease in value. And I agree with you. We, we see these turns up and down. And then if we don't have to sell, why would we sell, especially in a market right now, we're getting paid, we're getting our distribution. But as a result, Robert, I, th- I think what you're explaining, there's another phenomena here. You may have gone into this deal, let's say in 2019, with the, uh, let's let's say the, the plan was a four-year hold. So here we are in 2023, the world has changed <laughs> just slightly since 2019. So this isn't a four-year hold. In my experience, what people... Uh, we're buying with more of a five to seven year plan. This has been a recent phenomena with the markets and stuff where it almost became a flipper market. Um, go in, you know, put some lipstick on the pig, so to speak, as we like to say in the industry, which means like a really cheap paint job, make it look a little bit better, and then flip it within two years for a lot more money. That's been a very recent development. So I think we're coming more back to a norm where it's like you've got to have good financing in place, good operations in place. The deal needs to make sense as an asset. Um, but then when you do that, you're going to be making money in all those different six ways of uh, making money in real estate, not just counting on the gamble of um, it doesn't matter if I'm a good operator or a bad operator, the tide's rising for all boats, and by golly, we're going to be able to sell in two years. That's some risky business. That's some choppy waters, and guess what happens? Yeah. At some point in those choppy waters, you enter the storm, and I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, all cycles come around, and 
there was a property that I purchased, well, I purchased into as a passive in 2020. And the plan for that one was to be a three-year hold at a minimum um, or a refi in year three. And lo and behold, 13 months later, all the metrics on this property were extreme. So we sold it within 13 months and made 85% uh, return on our investment. So that was fantastic, but that's a, a case where one of those three or four year plays um, because the conditions condensed. And so now we're seeing the opposite. So the conditions are changing. So we're having uh, an extension essentially. And, and I'm saying this, I want to spell it out for new passive investors or, or recent passive investors that our, our opportunities now are going to be a longer play, just frankly, because of the interest rates that are out there. And essentially, we don't know what the future is. So now, Robert, for the for the dark side, the Darth Vader part of this uh, this show, the Empire, you had mentioned even more ugly. And I'll tell you, this one scares me more than the other two. I, I can navigate math, right? If I can understand the math, I can make whatever adaptations I need to do and navigate that one. But you're talking about uh, the Federal Housing Agency um, talking about, uh, well, discuss some of the things that they're talking about and want to uh, roll out upon us here. Yeah, this, they just closed what's called their period of, I forget the official term, but their period of discussion or where you can weigh in as a um, citizen and say, this is what I think, good or bad, about your proposed idea. And that just closed, and now it's got a 60- or 90-day window or something. But it is frightening. It's got stuff like, uh, so all Fannie loans, Freddie loans, HUD loans under this agency would more than likely have to require this in any new loans they provide, which just thinking about that, the majority of loans that are done in real estate are for multifamily are through those agencies. Um, but they want rent control. They want uh, to make it where you can no longer non-renew someone um, for whatever reason. You know, they're the ones that are always doing drugs. They're the ones that are always loud and making everybody else mad, whatever it may be. There's even some talks of you maybe you couldn't do criminal background checks or... Oh, Lord, that even, one scares me. Even yeah. income checks, because there's some income. Um, you have to take Section 8, which uh, is another one of those that sounds good in theory and you want to help everybody, but there's so much red tape in taking Section 8. But they're saying that if you don't do that, it's a disparate impact. It's you know, it's discrimination against lower class people. Um, so again, it sounds good in theory, but yeah, it's frightening how uh, all of that stuff could impact our industry. Robert, explain how they're going to, I mean, how are they going to essentially enforce that? It wouldn't even be an act of Congress to have this happen. Um, it'd just be that they would declare that all Fannie, Freddie, HUD loans potentially have to have this kind of language in them. So I mean, I'd really encourage everybody to write their congressperson and senator and say, hey, you need to be aware of this and you need to put your weight behind this to say this can't happen. So let me ask you this, Robert, would private lenders and regional banks we'd mentioned earlier, would they be able to, they wouldn't have to adhere to this, would they? They would not. The challenge in the past has been that they typically have not been as competitive in their rates and terms. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the we don't know how it's going to play out part of this. Robert, let's um, let's lighten the mood here. You picked up a, a gem of a property from essentially a giant investment group, and what you're saying is they're not selling the property because it was bad or having issues. They're just trying to uh, reduce their exposure to real estate in their portfolio. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know their specifics. What I've been told is that they had 
bond commitments or, um, you know, they, they've made commitments to their investors that you're going to get these kind of returns or, um, or those investors said, we're, we're wanting to pull our money out. So they I didn't understand uh. the Wall Street finance part of it, you know, that high level finance of it, but they were in a position where they had to reposition their fund. The same company, though, one of the largest out there, you'd recognize their name in a heartbeat, also has billions of dollars. I think they just raised $40 billion to purchase properties. They're sitting there waiting to buy. Uh, for them. So so I get it. So, uh, heck, we, we spent the first part of this show just, just kicking the heck out of market conditions right now. And Robert, you're telling me you're a buyer of apartments in these market conditions today. Absolutely. We're so happy that we got this deal. Um, I'm actively looking for others. I've told all the leading brokers in town, you know, this is what I'm looking for, 2,000 newer product, because the prices I'm seeing, again, values are coming down. You've got some sellers that are having to sell right now. It's a good time to buy. You know, buy low, sell high, right, is the old saying. But um, I think there's just a lot of opportunity out there, and I think a lot more is going to come because there's a lot of these owners who haven't quite admitted that, okay, valuations are really down, and I really am getting tight on cash. So it's getting closer and closer to being more forced sales um, or even keep being turned back into the lenders, which the lenders don't want for what we talked about earlier. That increases their balance sheet. So there could be um, – some really good deals. Well, they just want to get them flipped off of their books quickly. I think that's what's about to happen. What about sellers right now, Robert? What are they having to do? You've got some that are realizing that, you know, they kicked the can down the road. They were trying to wait it out, but they were hoping interest rates would go down by now. Um, but they're in a position now. It's like, look, just get me out. And I've heard some passes uh, in other deals to say, look, if I was able in the deal I'm in just to get my money back, you know, because this deal didn't become the purple or you know the, the unicorn we thought it was going to be there's no fault of the the lead or the syndicator it's more the economy um but i just like to get my money back and be able to have it to redeploy elsewhere so yeah there's a lot of sellers now that are starting to say you know what i'll i realize i may not sell for my pro forma um but my investors are happy if i can just get the thing sold so i think you're about to see a lot more of that as well um, quickly, any thoughts for people that haven't begun investing uh, that are considering it? What would you say to them? Well, I mean, like the deal we just bought, um, it's probably out of the seven or eight deals we've purchased now, I want to say almost 3,000 units. Um, I think it's going to be our best deal. So you're hearing all the doom and gloom, you know, even with me on this call, but um, there are opportunities out there. You just have to be diligent. You know, don't follow, don't always follow the herd. That can get you in trouble both ways. You can end up being a lemming going off over the cliff because um, yeah. you invested at the wrong time for the wrong reasons. Or you can be somebody that's smart and really looking at the economics and the underlying uh, factors of the asset and realize there are some great opportunities out there. Absolutely. I want to put education first, but now's a good time. If you haven't engaged in that real estate investment path that we talk about here at Lifestyles Unlimited, about buying your life back one piece at a time, one chunk at a time, getting that quarterly income coming in and creating that wealth so that you can be financially free. Well, my friends, get educated, lifestylesunlimited.com, and then you'll understand why we say it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Make it a great day. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.